the text that we're learning, uh, for those of you who were here last week and those of you who weren't, uh, is a text called the Tomer Devorah. Uh, it uh, was written in the 16th century by a uh, famous Jewish mystic, a famous Kabbalist named uh, Moshe Cordovero, who was uh, probably at his time the leading uh, Jewish mystical thinker. He was the uh, student of a of a famous rabbi named Joseph Caro, who wrote uh, a major uh, work of Jewish law called the Shulchan Aruch, um, Code of Law. And he was the teacher of another famous rabbi uh, named uh, uh, Isaac Luria, uh, also known as the Arizal, uh, who really expanded and popularized uh, uh, Jewish mysticism. So Moshe Cordovero was really kind of in between these two greats, and he was a great on his, in his own right. And he wrote this book called the Tomer Devora, uh, which seeks to take the uh, Kabbalistic system of divine attributes, uh, which you find on this handout that you have uh, at the top of it, it says Ein Sof, and it looks like a series of bubbles. Uh, and uh, and these were, according to the Kabbalists, the way that uh, that infinite, unknowable God uh, manifests in a tangible, diverse world. Okay, so these are the sort of knowable, identifiable aspects of a God that is inherently unknowable and unidentifiable. And what Moshe Cordovero is going to seek to do is to relate each of these divine virtues to human virtues that we should uh, seek to emulate. Uh, to uh, the, the Latin phrase of this is imitatio dei, right? That we should seek to, to emulate God, that we should seek to walk in God's ways. Uh, and by the way, the reason, one of the reasons that we're studying this now, this time of year, is because it, there are uh, 10 chapters of the Tomer Devorah, and so it became a custom in some circles to study a chapter a day of this book in the days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur with the idea that uh, the act of, uh, of tshuva, the act of repentance during that time, uh, coincided very nicely with this idea of adopting these divine attributes uh, into your daily life and practice. And so we're starting now, this uh, yesterday being the 17th of Tammuz, really is the uh, unofficial uh, uh, unofficial start of the high holiday season uh, because of the way the uh, Torah reading cycle and half Torah reading cycle uh, sort of builds up to the high holidays. So, um, and we're, we are probably going to go slower than a chapter a day. So, give us a little bit more time to do this. It's ten exactly ten weeks of the holiday. So maybe we'll come close to doing uh, 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 ten chapters in ten weeks. That may be pushing it too. But we'll see how we do. Anyway, the Last week, we uh, introduced the first chapter, and the first chapter is going to be talking about what he identifies as the virtue of the divine attribute keter, which is uh, the divine crown, God's crown, the highest uh, of the spirits, the highest of the divine attributes, and he says the uh, virtue of keter is compassion. There's a corresponds to compassion, and he says that there are actually 13 uh, different aspects of compassion, and they are expressed in a verse from the book of Micah, which we looked at last week. It's Micah, if you are following along at home, it's Micah chapter 7, verses 18 to 20. And we'll start uh, on, if you uh, are in your uh, handout, we'll flip the top page, and we're at the, uh, um, there's a tzadi and a bet on the top of the page, and so it's in, we're going to be in the middle of the page, where there's a sort of break, a bold line. Everybody see where we are? 
Okay. So the first aspect of compassion is mi el kamocha. The first part of that uh, verse from the book of Micah is, who is a God like you? And Moshe Cordovero says, Hamida hazot morah al heyot hakadosh baruch melech ne'elav. This virtue teaches about God being a king who is tolerant. Right? And if you, look, if you were to look in the uh, footnote, it, it says the following. There's a little dollar, you see, uh, corresponding to the footnote there. It says, Ne'elav misha sovel hakol imivayashin oto v'hushotek. Right, so, ne'elav, this word, which is sort of an un, un, indefinable word, it's a sort of a made-up word, to be honest with you, uh, means someone who, um, who is able to withstand people embarrassing them and remain quiet. So, someone comes up to you and, and insults you, right? Uh, someone embarrasses you in public, right? Someone, you know, like what happened to me when I was a 15-year-old on the on my USY League basketball court. Someone you know pulls your pants down in the basketball court, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, right, um, right. And and unlike what I did in that instance, right? You um, remain quiet, right? You withstand it. No, the footnotes are not. Yeah, the footnotes aren't written by Cordovero. They're written by whoever the editor of this volume is. Yeah. Um, Right, so uh, that's a good question, right? Can can you blush? Uh, I know it was asked in, in relative jest, but uh, you know, is blushing uh, tantamount to having a reaction, you know, a, a, a negative reaction in some ways to b- being embarrassed? Well, it's involuntary. Right. You don't have too much control. Right, and especially if you're someone like what? Right. I mean, the, you know, someone could say the same thing about the urge to, you know, strike back when someone embarrasses you, right? In some ways, that's an involuntary action, too, because uh, it, it, you know, perks up our, our biological defense mechanism. Um, so, uh, but, the, but I think it's a really good question, right? What exactly does it mean to remain quiet when someone embarrasses you? Right? And sovel elbon, right? So it's uh, someone who tolerates insults insults you and you let it pass, you let it slide, you just walk on. And, and it seems like it, it's beyond uh, just not responding, but it's, but it's actually in some ways not caring. Right? It's, uh, it's, it's not being hurt, it's not carrying around that pain with you, it's not letting it hurt you. Mashalo yichlehu ra'ayon, even if there's no reason for it. Right? Even, if, even if someone insults you purposelessly, right? right? The, you should know that there's nothing that is withheld from God's providence. There's no doubt that, that there's, there's nothing held from God's providence. God knows about everything that's going on. And so I was going to say, he's going to describe what it means for God to be tolerant of insults, to be to be able to withstand embarrassment. He says, God sees everything that's going on. He sees all the junk of this world, right? And he sees all of, all of uh, the people who run around, you know, sort of uh, um, insulting, insulting 
the 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 reality of God all the time, right? All the all the nastiness of the world is an, is an affront to God, is an insult to God, and he's and and so nothing escapes God's knowledge of these things happening. The od ein rega adam nizonu mitkayem mikoch and there's no moment in which a person is not uh, uh, sustained and upheld from the uh, from the supernal power that flows onto him. <laughs> And there's no moment in which a person would transgress against God, and in that moment, God is absent from that person's life. Right? So despite the fact that a person is, is doing nasty things, Right, really ungodly things in God's presence, despite that happening, God remains with that person. God doesn't withhold God's um, uh, providence from that person. Right? And if it were that a person was sinning with that kind of power, God wouldn't withhold anything from him. Right? Rather, God tolerates that insult. God withstands that embarrassment and continues to uh, pour out divine favor on that person. And even if the person continues with, with, with more intensity, more and more intensity to, to do whatever kind of nasty business that person is doing, whatever kind of sin that person is doing, right? it doesn't have to be a horrible, nasty, right? it could be the, the little things that we do in our lives. Right? But even though a person will continue and continue and continue to, to, uh, to transgress in this way, Cordovero says that God continues to tolerate it, and continue to pour out divine favor on that person. Right, so imagine that in, in our lives for just a moment, right, that, that the people who insult us, the people who embarrass us, the people who you know, really kind of get under our skin because they're exposing to the world our flaws, right? They're exposing to the world the things that we don't want exposed to the world, right? Which I think is the nature of embarrassment. And the fact that they do that doesn't prevent us from continuing to show them goodness, continuing to show them love, right? It's, it's in some ways, in some ways, I guess, uh, you might even say very Christian, right? The whole idea of, of turning the other cheek, right? If someone slaps you, you don't slap them back, you turn the other cheek, you, show, you continue to show them love. And in some ways, I think that this is a similar concept of, of, uh, of not fighting back, of rather the opposite, of, of tolerating the insult and continuing to show favor on that person. I don't know, I was thinking about the newspapers in England, mm. uh, that, you know, how people have responded mm-hmm. as you read this to what is clearly an insult to a lot of people, mm-hmm. to get your phone hacked, to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and how the Murdochs did on in, literally in the dock yesterday before Parliament. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly this kind of, you know, really embarrassing a lot of people. 
So you're saying in this case, the who's the one being insulted and who's the one, you're saying the Murdochs are the one? Well, certainly the people who work for them, I, you mm -hmm. know, whether they personally knew, I guess, is a big issue. Mm -hmm. uh, but it really led to a lot of embarrassment, mm -hmm. difficulties for people. Mm -hmm. uh, right, and you very know, public example of embarrassing people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you, and there's a whole bunch there, right? So you have the guy that, that threw the pie in, in Murdoch's face, right? right. And sort of the you know, quintessential you know, comic embarrassment of somebody is to, is to throw a pie in their public face. Stoning. Right, a public stoning, <laughs> exactly. Right, and, and so it's exactly, oh, um, it's exactly right, right? Is that you, you withstand a public stoning, and, and instead of getting angry at the people who are stoning you, you love them more. Rabbi Stein actually uh, said that to me once. He's he, in, in uh, early in his career. He's having a lot of trouble, um, you know, with with, uh, with with uh, with with some people in his congregation, and and uh, he was very not as it early in his career, and uh, and uh, and he was very frustrated. And he w talked to his dad, uh, and and he asked his dad for advice, and his dad said, "Love them more." And that was just unbelievable, right? And I think that's what it's talking about here, right? Instead of fighting back, instead of getting angry, instead of feeling insulted, love them more. It's an incredibly powerful idea, and I think a transformative idea. I heard the Dalai Lama say this uh, um, in an interview uh, the other day. Um, this is the only tish in which the Dalai Lama will be quoted. Uh, the Dalai Lama said... Um, you know, our normal reaction when we're, when we're insulted, when we're offended, is to get angry. But anger actually doesn't ever hurt the person that you're angry at. It always only ends up hurting you, the person who is angry. Right? And, uh, and so I think that there's a transformative power here of, you know, instead of returning insults with, with anger or aggression, to, to transform that anger into into uh, into patience and into love, uh, and I think patience is actually really the key word here. Um, is uh, transforming it into patience. So anyway, we'll continue with uh, with this next week. Thank you so much for your uh, for your comments and your uh, for your uh, involvement, and uh, we'll continue it. Interesting yeah, interplay between theology and psychology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>